Fuck everybody that doesn't believe in us. Fuck them all. We're gonna go out. We're gonna become the best version of ourselves. We're gonna inspire other motherfuckers to win. And because of us, this world will change. Are you ready for this? Mikey and Veronica. On the Sober Success Podcast. Welcome to the Sober Success Podcast. My name is Mikey, social media giant, entrepreneur, sober coach, whatever you want to do. Uh, here we are with my beautiful girlfriend, Veronica. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, we're coming to you uh, live, live from beautiful Pennsylvania, Thursday. This is uh, episode five, episode five today, our story. It is our story. Again. Yeah, we're here to give you, uh, you know, some, uh, the old rigmarole. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, we're gonna sit here today and we're gonna talk about us, our life story, where yeah. we come from and how we ended up where we are, you know? Yeah, give us a little, uh, you know, give everybody <clears throat> a little backstory of me and you, you know, just exactly what you said, where we came from, what the hell happened. And where we're going. And where we are going. And uh, very grateful to be doing this. Been trying to do it for days, but just a lot of stuff coming up. Yeah, exactly. A lot of stuff coming up. appointments. I had a big t-shirt order. I really had to get finished and done with. Um, Yeah, you know, good stuff going on, you know? Yeah, a lot of good stuff. Um, All good stuff. So, uh, how are you, Mike? You know I'm good, sweetheart. I can't believe I just called you Mike. Mike, Michael, Mikey. Call yeah. me whatever you want. Yeah. Mikey Buns. Don't yeah. matter. Yeah. Um. So you're looking forward to this weekend? Going to see uh, Mimi and the kids? Absolutely, of me course. Me too. Me too. I can't wait. It's, gonna it's be been fun. like a year and a half. And I'm, like I'll pick up my things and it's going to feel like Christmas all over again. I have stuff that I didn't even wear. Which yeah. is awesome, you know? That's good, but who cares about this stuff? At least you're going to get to see your, your, your niece and your nephew. Yeah, no, I'm happy about cousin, that, but I, I, I'm happy about my stuff. Anybody would be happy yeah, about so, this stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so what, that, you, no, you go ahead. How about that? You lead us off here. Um, so, what are you going to talk about today? I'm going to give my, you know, my story. You're going I, I raw? Guess. You're going, going deep. deep. You're I'm going gonna, you know, deep. I'm going to give them the raw, real, you know, the, 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 the depths of hell, the depths of the, the, the murky waters, like my man Joey said. I'm going to take them deep with all my story because, listen, my story is not pretty. Not a pretty story. Filled with a lot of pain, a lot of destruction. Um, You know, it's all in the past. You know, that's all fuel and motivation to do what we do now and stay sober and help as many people as we can along the way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You said it perfectly. You know? You said it perfectly, 100%. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to get, you know, pretty much into it. Um, not breaking an am- anonymity or anything like that. But, yeah, I'm going to uh, definitely get into it. Yeah, listen, I'm going to... Listen, I'm telling my truth. Yeah. I'm telling my truth. And that's all that... It, it's mine, you know, and it's my story to tell, and nobody else's. Even though I've heard my story tell told, you know, quite a few times, but this one is mine. Like your story is yours. That's it, baby. Who knows how? You know, I don't know how long it's gonna take us. I mean, I'm not gonna go into you know tremendous detail about you know every little thing I did, every little person I robbed. You know, <laughs> right. I'm not gonna go into you know total detail. Um, but I'm going to go deep, you know, I'm really going to let you know, you know, where, where my head was at, at the time. And, uh, you know, I was a very selfish, self-centered person for a long time, living in fear, running away from myself. Um, just an abs- living an absolute mess of a life, you know, that's, that's the best way to put it. 
a mess. Yeah. And that's what I used to say in rehab. You know, when when you go into meetings and stuff, you say, I'm Mike, I'm an addict, I'm an alcoholic. I used to say, my name is Mike and I'm a mess. Because honestly, I felt like I was a mess for the first few months in rehab, you know? Hallucinating that night. Uh, you know, it was rough. Rough coming off all them drugs that we took. You know, but worth it. What? But worth it. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely, man. I wish, you know, I wish I would have done it sooner. But uh, it wasn't my time. Because I tried many times mm-hmm. before to get sober, you know. And uh, it's not on my time. It's on God's time. Yeah. And uh, pretty much God tapped me on the shoulder and, you know, told me it's my time mm-hmm. to get sober. Come with me, my it. son, right? Come yeah. with See me, um, I, I really didn't try to get sober. I would go from pills to Suboxone, from Suboxone back to pills, from pills to heroin. Cocaine, we can throw in there a little bit. Pills, more pills, Xanax. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we could throw all that in there. But um, as far as trying to get clean the way I am now, I didn't really want that as much as I wanted it when I left jail in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't going back. There was no turning back, and um, I thank the people that were there for me during incarceration. But um, you know, I just had to—I I couldn't do that to myself anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to because if it was there, I was going to do it. Mm-hmm. So I really had to remove myself from the situation. Um, you know, call me selfish, self-centered, but. I don't think I'm being selfish wanting to get myself out of a situation, you you're know? You're trying to get yourself better. It's not, That's not being selfish. That's trying to live. Yeah, you're right. It's trying to live. Yeah. I mean, I do three meetings a day. Um, sometimes more. If somebody needs me to do something, I do service. I'm right there to help just about anybody nowadays. Where it was, oh my God, I'm going to drive all the way over there. You know, what am I going to do? Oh, this bitch wants this. Or, oh my God. No, I wake up. I'm happy. You could talk to me in the morning, can't you? Yeah. You know? It's, happier than me in the morning. Yeah. I'm, And it's, you know, Sometimes it's lovely. And if I, I mean, I'm not saying I wake up, you know, seven days a week like that. But most days. And, yeah. um, you know, because it's a pleasure now. It's a pleasure. I know everybody is safe. Um, I know that I'm not going to drink today or drug. And, you know, I want to just get on with us, our lives. You know, I want to just get on with all that. Leave everything else behind. And in due time, if it's supposed to happen, it will. That's right, baby. And that's what life is about, mm-hmm. you know? Growing, evolving. Um, setting goals, you know, changing your habits, doing the right thing, you know, it just gets better and better and better in life. If you have a goal, if you know where the hell you're at, if you're paying attention to yourself, you mm-hmm. know, if you're working on yourself, because if you're not working on yourself, you're just going to stay stuck. You know, you say stay stuck. Yeah. You know, we were talking about that earlier, about a couple people that we know that really don't, don't have no drive. No motivation to do anything in life. Nothing. They're just cool with drinking, smoking their cigarettes, and doing nothing. You know, watching TV. And that's cool for them. Hey, I was like that at a time, too. That's all I cared about was my drugs and my drinking. That's all I wanted to do. But, you know, now I don't live that life. I'm sober, so, you know, I actually have uh, motivation in life to to do things, to live life. You know, I actually have a life now. As before, that wasn't a life I was living. That was just a hell. A hell I was caught in. But, um, yeah, I, I, I have a life. I have a life now. Um, a happy one. I am grateful for the life I have. You do everything on a daily basis to make sure I'm happy. And then when I see you out of whack, I'm like, hey, what's going on? You know, let me put a smile on your face. And that's how it works. For two people to spend as much time together as we spend together, yeah. I mean, we do real good. We, I mean, I we have our so. arguments where, you know, we're fucking both rams and you know how it is. But it's nothing like crazy. I'm right. He's wrong all the time. Yeah. But, 
you know how that should go. I'm but like 85% of the time, and you know it. I told you. You got the brains. I got the look. <laughs> Let's make lots of money. You're out of your mind. Nope, that's it. They're not going to listen no more. I started to sing it. Yeah, stop singing. Oh, God. All right. So where you want to start? Michael? Um, let me think here. You know, I guess I could just pretty much start in the beginning. Um... This podcast is brought to you by Let's Get It T-Shirts, the number one recovery apparel. Listen, there's no better way to recover out loud than a fresh hoodie, T-shirt, or hat from Let's Get It T-Shirts. Check out our Etsy shop at letsgetittshirts.etsy.com. Listen, we got it all, and it's all made by us. There's no drop shipping, no print on demand. We do it all ourselves, Mikey and Veronica. And till the end of this month, so you only got a few days left, if you use code SOBERSUCCESS at checkout, you can get 15% off everything. So check out our shop and support us. Let's get it, baby. Okay, now my story's not a lot different from many other addicts, um, you know, so I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that I'm going to be saying that you can, you know, relate to, a lot of stuff that might blow your mind, and uh, a lot of stuff that might might make you look at me a little, you know, differently than before, but either way, whatever you think of me is none of my business, so, uh, you know, I was born in Jersey. You know, beautiful Hoboken. Um, still have some family down there. Um, family I'd like to get back in my life, talk to, but that's a whole nother issue. Don't really want to get into. But um, yeah, I was born in Hoboken. Um, you know, I was born to two. I, you know, there's no easy way to put this. Two heroin addict parents. You know, there's no easy uh, easy way to put that. And uh. So, you know, I came into this world fucking addicted. Um, came into this world addicted. And, uh, you know, of course, I don't remember none of that. Being a baby, nothing. Um, you know, but my parents weren't really in my life too much. My father more than my grandmother. Your father more than your mother. My, yeah, my father more than my mother. I was raised by my grandmother, I meant to say. And, um, you know, I was raised by my, my, my single grandmother until I was about six years old. Um, you know, I, and like I said, I didn't see my mother much growing up. Um, you know, come to find out as I got older that my mother was sick. Um, my mother and my father both were sick, you know, due to this disease. You know, they caught other diseases due to that lifestyle and um they ultimately succumb to these diseases in the end you know which is you know a very sad situation but that's life um you know uh i used that as fuel for my addiction for a long time you know that whole pity party thing you know the whole world coming you know my whole world was coming apart but um that, uh, that I'll get into in a little bit, but like I said, my growing up, you know, I lived in Jersey, all over Jersey. I was born in Hoboken, but then I lived with my grandmother. We lived all over Bergen County, I think Hudson County. You know, we'd move around a lot, me and my grandmother. Um, I remember that. I remember moving around a lot, and, um, you know, then my, my grandmother met, who came to be my grandfather. That's who I call my grandfather, because my... um. My real grandfather on that side, my my mother's parents, I never really saw him. I saw him a couple times, one or two times. He had an auto body shop in Jersey. I remember going and seeing him, but he wasn't in my life at all. So, like I said, my grandmother met Mike and uh, Grandpa Mike. 
he became my grandfather since I'm about six years old. I remember that's the only wedding I've been to to this day. It's my grandparents' wedding. I remember the pictures. I had a little navy blue suit on, my bright red hair. <laughs> you know, I looked, uh, I looked good. So growing up, like I said, I lived in Jersey. I think my mom lived in Brooklyn most of the time when I was growing up. You know, if if I can remember three times seeing her, that was a lot. You know wow. what I'm saying? Really, I really don't remember seeing her much. Um, like I said, she was sick, and I understand, you know? She was sick with disease, and she was also sick with this addiction, you know? So trust me, I totally understand now, you know? Totally understand. I don't hold no resentments against her anymore, um, which I did for a long time, absolutely. I have a lot of resentments against a lot of people. But I don't have no resentments for my mother anymore, no resentments for my father, no resentments pretty much for anybody. Um, any resentments I got now are just, you know, people that are in my, my life right now that, you know, might piss me off. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, sweetheart, I, I try not to keep resentments. I know. And um, got to let stuff go. So, uh, what I was saying about my mother. my mother. My mother ended up dying when I was about 16. Um, you know, there was no service for her, you know, she was cremated, you know, that was, a, that was taking all that in, that was like, you know, still, still to this day, that kind of amazes me, you know, it was nothing for my mother, but, you know, she was really, she was living her own life separate from everybody, you know, separate from her own mother, my grandmother, separate from me, so, um, she died when I was 16, got cremated. Um, my father lived in Hoboken when I was growing up and, you know, I would see him occasionally, occasionally, you know, go down to shore, seaside, we do, um, you know, I'd go see him in Hoboken, but that, see, you know, now when I look up back at them times, you know, I notice a lot of things in him, you know, that end up happening to me. I remember him nodding out a lot, you know, I remember laying in the bed with him when we were watching TV and I all the burns in the sheets, you know, not an hour. Um, I remember going with him to a methadone clinic when I was a little kid and he was telling me, oh, I got to go get my orange juice, you know, <laughs> so I was around addiction. I was around all this for a long time, my whole life, my whole life. Um, hey, but it is what it is, you know, I used it, you know, I used to think it was a weakness. I used to think, you know, oh, poor me, poor me, poor me. Fuck all that. All that shit now is just motivation and gives me strength to reach people, to help people, and, you know, make this world a better place as best I can, you know? So that's what I use my past for as fuel now. Um, You know, yeah, I would go to, you know, I remember going to Hoboken, my aunt, and my, 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 um, Grandma Ann, uh, Antoinette, she was something else. <laughs> yeah, she's something. Else. My papa, uh, you know, good, did, yeah, a lot of good your memories. Uncle, your cousin. Yeah, I had a lot of good memories <clears throat> growing up, you know. The only bad thing was, you know, them, them good memories were, were small and far in between, you know. Far in between. So... It was a rough situation. Um, like I said, many similarities in, in my dad's addiction, same as mine. He died when when I was about 21. Um, well, exactly when I was 21. He died when the Twin Towers came down a few days before that because his wake or his funeral I went to was that same day the Twin Towers came down. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a few days before that, I remember. So, you know, I used to play sports growing up like the normal kids you know play football try to fit in even in football like I was good at playing football this that always felt like I was never good enough you know never good enough to fit in we were always moving around a lot different towns always had to get a new set of friends um that's rough huh? yeah yeah you know it, it you know my childhood wasn't that pretty you know I did have love for my grandmother my grandfather but you know, it was, hey, we all go through rough situations, I guess. Yeah, you we, know? we do. Um, what else? 
my grandparents used to always be taking me to bars a lot. <laughs> yeah, that you know, they were, they were they were part of the Elks Club, so they were always going to the Elks Club, so I was going with them. So I was in bars at a young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, became a master pool player by like the age of 11. <laughs> you know, really, learning how to play pool. I was always playing pool, drinking sodas, the Bonton chips. Oh, the Bonton chips, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I was always in bars growing up. Mostly Elks Club bars, because that's really where they went to. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't go to no, like, Crazy you can't bar. do that nowadays. I, you know, I also did too. My dad would stop after work, have his couple of beers and whatnot, and you know, we would stop there. Or maybe my mom had a doctor's appointment and dropped me off. Yeah, we'll yeah. get into that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the most where I lived the most time in Jersey was Richfield Park. Um, I lived there for I don't know, maybe like six, seven years, something like that. Played football down there. You know, baseball, horrible at baseball. But, <laughs> well, the team was horrible. I was good at baseball. But, you know, played on a horrible team, never won a game. But our football team never lost a game, <laughs> like like I was saying earlier. Um, I moved to Greenwood Lake in about eighth grade, I think. The beginning of eighth grade, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Greenwood Lake, New York. <sighs> Crazy town, Greenwood Lake. You know, I got a lot of my friends from Greenwood Lake that listen to this. Yeah, you do. You know, yeah, throw your Lake Gazelle in the air. Um, they'll know what I'm talking about. Ah, uh, yeah. So I'm <laughs> Greenwood Lake. Greenwood Lake's a trip, man. No better place to grow up. I had a lot of fun there. Um, but that was definitely fuel for my downfall. You know, I never, re- you know, like I said, I was moving around a lot. This, that, never really felt like I fit in. Um, so then I'm in, I'm in Greenwood Lake. I moved there, like I said, eighth grade. Um, you know, when I lived in Greenwood Lake, my, my grandparents, I don't know, you know, they were, it, it was, it was weird. Like right before high school, they, they were buying me stuff. They buy me a dirt bike, wave runners and stuff. But I think like right around high school, when I started, I started to get a little rebellious and stuff like that. Um, you know, because I, I, I started working. You know, a little in restaurants around there. They had this it was, back in the day. It was called Debra's Castle. It's not Debra's Castle anymore. I think it's the Castle Tavern now. But I used to work there. Um, I washed dishes in another place. Then I got a job at the Village Barn. That was the, well, my, my favorite job in Greenwood Lake. Um, so by like sixteen, seventeen, you know, I started making my own money. I started getting rebellious. Um, you know, I bought a car and I got my license and, you know, I was out. I was out, started partying around 16. Around when my mother died is when I really started going heavy with the drinking and partying. Mm. There was always parties in Greenwood Lake. You know, there's always somewhere to go, always somewhere to get fucked up. And um, that's what we did. You know, we partied every, every weekend. Um, and then, you know. The weekends turned in Thursday to Sunday, then Wednesday to Sunday, then Wednesday to Monday. Then it was just, you know, partying every day. Um, and that happened quick. Like, right after high school, it was like, partied every day. Um, you know, I didn't really get into doing drugs in high school. Um, I didn't do any drugs in high school. And that's a fact. Did no drugs in high school, but I sold drugs. I started selling, selling weed. Yeah. Um, probably when I was around 16, 17, started selling weed. Um, so that was another thing, you know, to make me, you know, a big shot. You know, that's what I love that. When people, you know, because that's, you know, I felt like a big shot because I'm selling weed. You know, people, you know, they need me. Um, Who doesn't feel like a big shot at times, like doing that? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's false. It's false. Uh, False pride, I guess you would call mm-hmm. it, because it's all bullshit. Um, <clears throat> it's not some type of life like, uh, there's nothing good about it. No. There's nothing good about it. It always ends in a bad way. I used to be jealous of the drug dealer. <laughs> why? Yeah. You know, why? It's crazy. Um, so, like I said, I was uh, selling drugs here and there, working a little bit, um, you know, right after high school. I graduated high school. Um, but I'm telling you, man, it was like right towards the end of high school, it was, it was just partying, you know, we didn't even, 
I remember my man Kyle lived like a block from the school. Every day we would just go to his house and party. We might like go check into the school, but then like right by lunch we was out. We were, we were out, house, yeah, drinking and same um, partying, and that was it. And that's the lifestyle I wanted. And um, for me it progressed. I mean, everything progressed for me. Um, right after high school, I started getting into ecstasy pills, and that—I mean, everything I did—it quickly progressed to where I was doing it every day. So, yeah. like the drinking, within—I'd say within a year, two years, I was drinking every single day. Then ecstasy pills. Right off the bat, it was every day we were doing them, every single day. Um, you know, and it progressed. You know, a couple years ago, I got my um, my recovery coach certification, and peer advocate peer advocate certification. Um, you know, and since then, I've I, I've been working. I've been working on myself. You know, I've been reaching out to people. I've been I've been going hard on social media, um, and now I'm doing one on one coaching. So. Listen, the link is in the description for Sober Success Coaching. Let's get a recovery coaching. And I'm here to serve you. You know, I got I got discounted coaching bundles. Um, I'll work with you. You know, I want to see you win. You can get sober. You can live a beautiful life. You can achieve absolutely anything in life. You can reach your full potential. You can make a breakthrough. You can make a comeback. But you gotta reach out. You gotta put the work in. You gotta take massive action. But you gotta have the right guidance to do all that. And that's what we do at Sober Success Coaching. You know, we work on you. You know, we do a personalized Sober Success Wellness Plan. And we achieve all your goals. We achieve all your dreams together. So click the link. It's in the description. Sign up for a free one-on-one coaching session today. And I have a ton of free resources on my page as well. You know, from from ebooks to, to meeting finders, everything. Everything to help you stay sober and reach your full potential. So check out the link in the description. Let's get it, baby. So, you know, like I said, with the ecstasy, it progressed. It progressed into other things. Um, you know, progressing the cocaine. Started using cocaine, selling cocaine. Usually, whatever it is I started using, I started selling. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's pretty much how it went with me. You know, I, that's always how I supply my habit, especially in Greenwood Lake. That's how I supply my habit because. I wasn't a booster back then in Greenwood Lake. You know, I really didn't work much. I'd have these little menial jobs, but I was always losing them because of my addictions, you know? Yeah. Not making it to work, missing work, stuff like that. Constantly losing jobs. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the ecstasy progressed to cocaine. Um, in Greenwood Lake, there's this thing you know, the drug GHB, the date rape drug. Yeah. Greenwood Lake, we used to call it scoops. Scoops. Everybody was doing scoops. Uh-huh. It was an absolute epidemic in Greenwood Lake. Um, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're not from Greenwood Lake, you probably never heard of scoops. But if you're from Greenwood Lake, you heard of scoops. Okay. Because um, everybody was doing it. Um, a lot of people didn't know, but back then I was a major supplier of the <laughs> GHB. Of course you were. I worked in a, a a factory over in Suffern. I think it was Suffern or Slotesburg. Okay. And I came across the main chemical, gamma butylactone, a 55-gallon drum of it in this factory. Got together with another friend. You know, that's when the internet started around then. So it was around in that late, late, late 90s, early 2000s. 
Um, internet started. He looked it up. How to make this stuff. Next thing you know, we're cooking batches of it, <laughs> making gallons at a time. In your basement. <laughs> well, no, right in my living room. Oh. I had a little cottage apartment uh -huh. at the time, right in my, you know, kitchen right there. Oh, you're so funny. Um, so, you know, that, like with everything else, just got worse and worse. Like I say, it was an epidemic in Greenwood Lake. It was an epidemic. You know, it ruined people's lives in Greenwood Lake. Like, wow. people were getting fucked up from that 24-7. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of good people took a lot of people down. You know, um... It's the date rape drug. We were drinking it to get fucked up, taking little capfuls. You know, everybody did it. Mm. Everybody did it in Green Lake. There wasn't a, a, a car that didn't have a water bottle with scoop in it. Not with the people that I hung out with. Right, you right. Know, the, the kids I hung out with. I had a lot of different friends. I hung out with the older Italian kids. I also hung out with like the younger kids, um, kids in my grade. You know, my friend Johnny, he, he my best friend growing up. But, you know, I hung out with all different different types of kids in Greenwood Lake, you know? Whoever had the drugs, pretty much, you know? Um, getting back to Johnny, I just have to. Like, a shout out to your mom's uh, rice and beans. <laughs> <laughs> Michael makes it all the time. Real yeah. good shit. That's, yo, I used to be horrible at cooking rice and beans, too. But I remember Johnny's mom, Martha, always cooking, chefing up the... Mm -hmm. She was the best. She opened a little, uh, a little restaurant in Greenwood Lake. Uh huh. At one time, I don't think she definitely don't have it no more. But yeah, old San Juan it was nice. I, I remember being messed up, even back then in Greenwood Lake. Going in there, she was giving me free food because I was fucked up, homeless in Greenwood Lake, messed up. Wow. You know? Yeah. Um, like I said, the drugs progressed. The scoops came around. You know. We were doing scoops so much so we needed more cocaine to stay up because that shit would knock us out. Um, you know, I just took everything to the limit way too far. Yeah. Way too far. You know, and I started losing things. I started getting in trouble. Um, I felt that was untouchable for a long time in Greenwood Lake. Yeah. Because for, for years and years we were selling drugs, telling the cops, fuck you. You know, they couldn't do nothing. But, you know, eventually they start, you know, they start realizing what's going on in their town eventually and they start cracking down um even like when i was selling dope you know i get stopped every other day in search and the cops would tell me listen stop doing what you're doing we know what you're doing um this is when i was you know selling out of this lady's house i lived in you know about it. i don't yeah. want to get into her or nothing but lived in a lady's house in greenwood lake um and yeah, every day the cops would tell me, listen, we're going to kick your door and stop doing what you're doing. You know, they knew I was selling heroin out of the house. Right. And, um, you know, you don't listen. You think you're untouchable. You think you're untouchable. And uh, for a long time, I got away with stuff from Greenwood Lake. Long time. You know, my addiction got worse. You know, I just kept ruining relationships, losing shit, losing apartments, losing my cars, losing everything, baby. Um, then I would go to jail for little things, mm. a little fight. Um, I got the DWI on a lawnmower. Oh, that's hilarious. How about that? I know. Eight o'clock in the morning, coming down <laughs> Tuxedo Mountain, flying on a ride on lawnmower. <laughs> get stopped by the cops, get a DWI. Um, yeah, it's some crazy shit, man. So I got, that was my first DWI. That was my first taste of going to meetings and stuff like that. My first taste of recovery. I was only like maybe 26. Okay. My first taste of recovery back then. Um, it didn't last, you know. All my shit never lasted, you know, with me trying to stay sober so many times. Um, so like I said, it progressed, it progressed. I started working down in Jersey and Patterson, okay, um, while also living in a house in Greenwood Lake with a friend of mine, this older lady and the two kids. Not older in that sense. She was a little older than me. Okay. But she was a good friend of mine. Tina, I'll give her a shout out. You probably ain't listening, but maybe she is. I heard a lot about her. Good yeah, thing. she was a good, good woman. Thing. So I live with Tina. And then this guy, one of her friends, Vinny Stugatz, <laughs> comes and moves in the house. Oh my God. Vinny Stugatz is a bug out. Okay. Old school dope fiend. Good guy though. Okay. Good Italian dude. But he does dope. He moves pianos. And that's all he does. 
He goes to work, he moves pianos, and he does dope. That's it. Uh, I mean... And um, so I was working in Patterson at the time with this guy, Eddie Umberto. He had a, a smooth move delivery and installation. Okay. Shout out Mikey Clark if you're listening. He used to work there with us. Um, all of us worked there. His brother, Timmy, God rest his soul, mm. who passed away. Uh, he used to work there with us. A lot of people from Green Lake worked at smooth move delivery and installation in Patterson. So I'm working there. And now I'm living in Greenwood Lake in this house, you know, with, with Tina, her kids. You know, we're all getting fucked up in the house anyway. But Tina goes to work. She's halfway normal. <laughs> the kids are fucked up. I'm fucked up. Um, partying every night. Working in Patterson. I had a little uh, room in her house on the porch. I turned into a room. Yeah. Well, working in Patterson. Vinny Stugatz wants me to take him down to Patterson so he can get some. Now... Vinny Stugatz. Yeah. The first time we go down, I didn't know what he was getting. By the second and third time, I found out it was dope. And of course, me being a drug addict I am, he asked me, you know, you ever, you done this before? Oh, yeah, yeah, I done dope. <laughs> now, I had never done dope before, <laughs> but I was intrigued. I really was. Mm-hmm. So that night, we got back to the house. He gave me a bump of dope. Well, I loved it. I loved it. An hour later, he's nodded out, and I'm going through his pockets looking for more bags. Wow. Yeah, that's where instantly this heroin took me. Um, you know, just sniffing it at the time. I don't know how, like all my friends too, around that time, we were all working in Patterson, we all started doing dope. Um, they started shooting it. I was always against needles because I knew that's probably how my parents had contracted it. And you know, the diseases they had. HIV, what am I gonna go with? There's no way around. They got HIV, my parents. Thank God I never yeah. got it. They got it after they had me. Thank God. But, um, you know, that's what I was always scared about using needles. So I'm trying to, I wanna go a little quicker through this because I don't wanna, you know, it, trying to give the short version. Okay. This is the short version, I think. Yeah, well. So the heroin progressed, right? Everybody's doing it. All the people I'm hanging out with are doing it. They start shooting it. I'm still sniffing. I'm against it. But you know what I say? I'll shoot cocaine, though. So I start shooting cocaine, sniffing dope. They're doing dope. Eventually, I end up shooting dope. And I don't know how long it is after that. You know, I end up losing my job in Jersey. Good job. Maybe about a year, you know? About a year. But, you know, it comes to the point where... Listen, I don't want to work. I just want to get high. And the best way I can do that is by selling drugs. Yeah. You know, everything, that's what I was used to. So that's what I started doing. Started selling dope. You know, I like I said, I had gotten with that lady in uh, Greenwood Lake living in her house. Taking her for all her money, to be honest with you. Annuities, this, that. She was cashing in. We were just getting massive amounts of dope. You know, a lot of dope. So at the time, it starts getting real hot. Like I told you with the cops always stopping me, this, that. Mm. Stopping our cars, stopping the cars, leaving the house. Um, and we didn't have many people come to the house. It was usually me on foot going to meet people. But I'm going in and out of the house 50 times a day. The cops know what's up. I end up getting busted down in Jersey. Caught a charge down there. We got caught with dope that actually was my friend's he could have said it was his because he didn't say it was his we all got charged yeah so i was in Passaic county jail for a few weeks thankfully my uncle um who's the best man in my life bailed me out i got out a few weeks later our doors get kicked in and raided wow in joanne's house um did i not mention her name or well that's her name whatever house gets raided five in the morning Cops, Orange County Narcotics Task Force, the dogs, uh, troopers, Warwick Police, Greenwood Lake Police. Um, So I get taken down, you know, right off the bat I had to write a statement saying everything was mine. So I I basically pleading guilty right there Mm -hmm. because if not, uh, she would have got arrested as well. And I wasn't going to let her go to jail too because that would have been a real scumbag thing to do. So I took everything, said everything was mine, which it was. I mean, let's keep it real. I was selling dope out of the house, it was. Right. Um, And they caught me on a night I was slipping where I had it all in the house, a lot of it. 
75 bundles or some crazy shit like that. I don't even know, but yeah, I um went to jail. I think I bailed out. I had a little money stash bailed out. Um, supposed to get probation. I was gonna get it all dropped. This was my first ever felony in Greenwood Lake. Gonna get it all dropped. Me, the drug addict that I am, I miss my PSI, my pre-sentencing investigation oh or whatever. Oh my god, yeah. So when I go to go to court, you know, they sentence me to state prison instead of probation. So I go to state prison. You know, it's a shocker to me. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, a few days ago, I'm, I was getting high in the streets doing my thing. Now I'm 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 going to prison. And uh, it blew my mind going to prison, you know. I had been in jail a couple times before, you know, but not prison. Yeah, not prison. Totally different world, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, prison made me a man. You know, taught me a lot of things. Taught me to be a better criminal. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Taught me to be a better criminal. Tuned up my artwork. Tuned up my hustle. You know, I had a bunkie there. Taught me how to hustle, doing artwork, making drawings, making paper roses, you know, doing my thing. I saw, so you know, I hustled and I lived good in prison. I didn't I get mean, high in prison. Your roses and your drawings are very good. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. Thank you, baby. You're welcome. But um, I didn't get high in prison. Okay. Know? I didn't get high. I did the ASAT program, which is a substance abuse program. You know, I did all, I, I tried to better myself as best as I could in prison, you know? Yeah, yeah. They did send me to shock camp, which I signed out the first day. Wasn't about to do that. The boot camp. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't have a lot of time to do anyway. You know, I was doing under a year because um, I had some time in, so it was no point in me doing a shock. So, I'm in prison. You know, thank God for my uncle in prison. Because if it wasn't for him, I would have had nobody in prison. I had this one woman telling me every month she's going to send me a package next month. And it would never come. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have people sending me money. I did have my uncle sending me food. and But towards the end, he wouldn't even send me food. I'd have him sending me packages full of art materials. Uh, the colored tissue paper and stuff like that for the roses. So I can hustle and make money. Um. That's where I got a lot of drive and ambition, I think, in prison. Learning how to hustle. Stuff like that. Well, you do it real well now, that's for sure. Yeah, well, now I try to... Whatever it is, whatever it is, you just pick it up, you know? Hey, you want to come lay some mulch? Yep, I'll be outside in 15 minutes. You know? You're respectable now. You know? You're a respectable person. Um, I don't know you from your your past. Um... And it makes me really, really sad when you talk about it, you know, especially when you talk about being homeless and stuff like that. You know, I think about you being homeless. Okay, you could be homeless. You got your coat on in the, in the wintertime. You maybe, you know, have a t-shirt and shorts on in the summer. But it's not about that. And we see that firsthand at some point, you know, yeah. sometimes we see that. I mean, I know I saw it a lot in Manhattan and things yeah. like that. And that's what I always thought an alcoholic was. Yeah. That bum on the street with the bag and yeah. the trench coat. Exactly. But no, they come in all walks of life. This disease, um... It, it, Listen, all walks of life. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, it doesn't discriminate. This no, disease. not at all. Listen, I'm a lifetime criminal. Um, But I, we're part of a fellowship. I don't want to get into that. No promotion, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're part of a fellowship. My sponsor's a police officer, ex-police officer. Yeah. You know what I'm That's saying? That's funny. So we know tons of teachers that are addicts. This, that. Yeah. Addiction, alcoholism affects everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, in one way or another. One way or another affects everybody. There's somebody in your family that's an addict. There's somebody that you know that's an addict. It affects everybody. It does. You Especially know. seeing, oh, you know, every other day there's somebody on Facebook dying or, you know, and it's, you know, I go on there nowadays to just post, you know, maybe um, a couple of memes or something like yeah. that. Good morning. You know, and I keep it for my, you know, my family and my, and friends that I don't see. I mean, now my best friend, she's in North Carolina and I thought we saw each other often, but... You know, it, it, she was only two and a half hours away, three hours away. Yeah. Now she's like, I think, five or six. 
No big deal. We're gonna get down there to see a little shout out to you, Crackling. Yeah, we're gonna go down there definitely. Once we get a, another car. Mm-hmm. Right now we're in between vehicles. Yeah. Having a little situation with our financial situation that's just gonna get better. Um. So we'll be getting a car soon. We're doing a lot of lot of traveling. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Going to see uh, my my little cousin and her beautiful children. Um, but she's more like a that. niece to me, and the kids are more like a niece and nephew. My her mom was my best my best friend, my tanta, who you know unfortunately passed away suddenly, like we didn't even expect it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I know she's watching over me now. I know she's cheering me on absolutely baby yep absolutely you right. are a warrior a survivor and a victor yep thank and, uh, you you're welcome baby. thank you we keep moving forward no matter what we fail there's mistakes problems issues fuck everything we just keep moving forward keep doing the right thing to the best of our ability yeah you no know, that's I mean, all we could do i know I, that's what i start to do every single day yeah. You know, there's some days, you know, everybody's off on days, you know, there's, everybody's off on days. Um, but, you know, it makes a lot of sense to try and switch your day up. If you're having a bad day, think about it, you know, okay, how can I have changed this? How can I should practice what I preach? Or I could, <laughs> could I have done this better or that better? And that's all from, you know, just speaking to people who want to say who have the same thing i want people in recovery yeah you gotta, if you're in recovery there's no sense talking to people that are still getting high still drinking mm-hmm. what do they have to give you, you nothing know? nothing you want people in your life that you know at least give you some type of value mm-hmm. love understanding and um if people aren't doing the same thing as you they can't really understand so you know that's why i had to get away from you know where I was. I had yeah. to get away from all the people. You know, I, I had, had to do what's best for me. I had to change. This is life or death. It is life or death. You're right. You know. You know, I'm fighting for my life too. You know, as you know, I've heard people say, but it's it's true. I am. I'm fighting for my life. Yeah. And no matter how hard it was for me, I had to do what I had to do, and that's it. Bottom that's line. It. You know, it. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's right, baby. Um, where was I in prison, right? Yeah. Well, not now. <laughs> no, no. What I was saying before, so I was in prison. You know, that was the first time I really started getting real strong consequences for my uh, for my drug use um, and my drug selling, drug dealing, whatever the hell it was I was doing. You know, but um, I got lucky in a lot of aspects because it could have been a lot worse. Could have been. Yeah. And everything happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I went to prison. I had no place to parole to because at this point I had no family really. I had my uncle in Jersey, but I'm not going to go, you know, um, have him upend his life so I can go parole to his house. Plus, he lived in another state, so I don't even think they would let me parole out of New York right, right away. Right. So I had no place to go, so I had to parole to social services. Um, they put you in a shelter. First, I went to the shelter in Middletown. I was there for like a month. Then all of a sudden, they tell me, oh. You're getting transferred to Newburgh. We got your room. I'm like, Newburgh? You know, at this point, <laughs> I didn't... I knew a little about Newburgh because I had been up there a few times to get crack and shit like that. Um, but I'm like, oh, I got to go live in Newburgh? I wasn't happy about that. And um, things just started going bad in Middletown where I was. Like, things started... I was out... Started going out with some girl. She was cheating on me. I ran out of all my money because uh, I'm an idiot, you know. Once I, because I started getting high again. Mm-hmm. Um, started getting high on parole, you know. Um, so I go to to Newburgh. Um, and now at this point, I've been getting high, you know, a few months. I parole this place, uh, Pineapple Larry's in Newburgh. <laughs> Pineapple Larry's. Yeah, it's a bar called Pineapple Larry's, but above it, there's all rooms. Oh. Everybody knows Pineapple Larry's. It's like the big parole house in Newburgh. Used to be real crazy a couple years before I got there. Like shootings every night, someone getting killed once a week. Like Pineapple Larry's was bad. Mm. Overdosing everywhere. It was bad. Yeah. But then they cleaned it up. Some other place got it and it's all parolees. Um, 
I don't know how cleaned up you could be with all parolees, but you weren't allowed visitors or anything like that. Just the parolees that lived there could go there. So that started my tour in Newburgh. Um, Your tour? Yeah, my tour in Newburgh. And boy, was it a fucking tour. For, you know, over 10 years, the better part, I was homeless. You know, it was a rough situation. I had my ups and downs in Newburgh, but it was just a constant, a constant downfall. You know, because my drug use got more intense. Yeah. Things got worse. I stopped caring about everything. You know, I didn't care about shit. I didn't care about myself. I didn't care about relationships. I didn't care about nothing. I was a big ball of self-pity for a long time, you know? Started getting scared of the world. Deep depression. And now, this whole, this, this, a little over 10 years being in Newburgh, pretty much every winter, I was going to jail. Um, I come out in the summer, oh, I'm going to stay clean. I'm not going to pick up. But I'm going to go hang out with all the people I hung out with before in the same places and think I'm going to stay clean. Every time, it, it, you know, it got bad. You know, and there's so much stuff that I'm not really getting into because I don't want to be all night here talking about, you know, every single detail. But I just want everybody to understand, man. It just kept getting worse and worse for me. You know, Drinking and drugs was my solution to all my problems, my depression, to not fitting in, to, um, you know, not thinking about my past, everybody I've lost, my family, all the heartbreak, all the heartache I had in my life. Alcohol and drugs were my solution to all that. But then they turned on me. They stopped working. Yeah. And it, you know, listen, it got really bad to where I was going mentally crazy psychotic episode psychosis where i didn't know who i was you know i kept well i was walking around newburgh telling people i'm going fucking crazy you know like i'm going crazy i'm going crazy you know i was smoking k2 like a maniac um doing pills every day shooting dope smoking crack and drinking every single day baby every single day yeah there wasn't a day went by that i didn't do this you know, that was my life. I became a big booster, started stealing, catching charges every year. That's why I was going to jail. It just got worse, you know. I would come out of jail and then it wasn't, I wouldn't even go to a shelter when I would get out of jail. I would just go straight to the streets and get high. That's how it got, like every time. Like the last four or five times, that's all it was. I wasn't even planning on nothing. It was just to go straight and get high. You know, that was, I was settled. Like that was my life. That was gonna be it. Sorry about that. That was going to be it. I was going to just stay using and eventually die. And I was cool with it. That's that's sad. You know, especially, um, you know, you, you had a lot of potential. You, I mean, you have a lot of, you had, you have, you know, you have a lot of good qualities. So, um, you know, that, that makes me feel bad. It, it's heartbreaking. I was a totally different person. Totally different. I didn't care about nothing. I really didn't want to live, you know? I really didn't want to live. Because that wasn't a life. It was just chasing, chasing a high every day to escape the reality of what my life was. Yeah, I get The it. reality of going to an abandoned house every night. Of, you know, the reality of standing, panhandling with a sign. Walking around for a year and a half on crutches with my, my ankle so swollen up from an infection, you know, refusing to go to the hospital because I knew I wouldn't be able to have access to dope and crack like I needed every day. So walking around with that and in pain every day, you know, and it just came to a point where, you know, I had a very spiritual experience. You know, I cried out one night, really cried out to God. And I truly, truly asked him to take that life from me. And that next morning, man, I woke up, I had an overwhelming feeling of peace, an overwhelming feeling of something else. You know, yeah. I just, I, I can't explain it. Um, I know, I remember you telling me this story, something about you put your shoes on, you called a friend, and you're like, I'm done. Yeah. Right? I was done. I was done. You know, that started my journey of recovery. Yeah. 
you know, I, um, listen, I went to a re, I went to a detox, I went into the detox, I was 140 pounds, like I said, skin, scavies on my head, uh, no, it wasn't that, what was it? it was shingles, shingles on my head, yeah, I had all these rashes on my head, shingles, 140 pounds, I found out I had fucking bad liver problems, liver disease, stage three this, this, that, my ankle. I found out I had an infection that blew up. And listen, you know, my recovery hasn't been all fucking uh, peaches and cream either. No. You know, my recovery has been filled with struggles and challenges. Um, but I'm grateful for this journey. If it wasn't for this journey of getting sober, I wouldn't have found you. Right? I wouldn't have found you. I wouldn't have found happiness. I wouldn't have found my true purpose in life, mm -hmm. which is to help other people. Yeah. To reach other people, to connect with other people, to help other people reach their full potential by me reaching my full potential. And you do that every single day. And um, take time. It takes time to yeah. sit there and do what you're doing. Oh, just make a video. No, it's not just making a video. You know, you study like, you know, things and quotes and, you know, not, not that you study, you, um, you take your time and do research researching. Do yeah, stuff. that's what it yeah. is, research. You know, I'm passionate about it. That's why I'm passionate. That's, why, you know, coaching people, one-on-one um, -on -one coaching. You know, I really want to help people. You know, I really want to see people do good. There's nothing better than seeing somebody else really like when that light turns on. And they're really living life. Yeah. You know? Like, really, truly getting sober. And they're really getting it. They're really getting it. Yeah, I love watching it every single day. You know, in what in what we do. Mm -hmm. It is every day, right? It's something it's different. It's, it is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, You know, so... Like, that's kind of the roundabout about my story. And then, you know, I got sober. Um... Getting sober, I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I really didn't. I, I had nothing when I got sober. Nothing. You know, because I had been living in abandoned houses for years. I had no possessions. I had nothing. No relationships. And uh, I had to build my life back. You know? I didn't even have ID, identification. Nothing. But I built it back. I did what I needed to do. Um, and I keep doing the right thing. You know, I've been able to do a lot of things in a short little three years of sobriety, you know. Got my recovery coaching certification, peer advocate certification. You know, I started Let's Get a T-Shirts business. I started my own uh, recovery coaching business. Don't forget um, about your ordained minister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did my ordained minister stuff. Um, you know, I do a lot of stuff online with online businesses. I do affiliate marketing. You know, I do a lot of a lot of different things. The point being is I'm very passionate about life in general now. And I wouldn't have been this passionate about life before. I wasn't. You know, I didn't I didn't see a purpose in life when I was using. Yeah. There was no purpose. The purpose was just me to get high. And that was I thought was happiness. That's not happiness. Happiness to me now is growth, progress with you. That's happiness to me. Yeah. That's I happiness feel the in life. Exact same way. Without progress, there is no happiness. You stay stuck and you just, you know, you're just living off your vices, pretty much. You're right. That's your whole excitement in life. Your vices. And fuck that. I want life. I want excitement in life. Um, I want a real life. And by the grace of God, I have it now. And yeah. I have it with you. Uh, yeah. I have yeah. it with you. It's it's a it's an amazing difference. You know, like I used to um I used to be happy when we were gonna get high or do whatever yeah. it was if we was if we were gonna get money or whatnot because I knew I was gonna escape. Yeah. You know, it 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 did it it wasn't good for other reasons because I did hurt a lot of people along the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I did. And it, it, I was a real piece of shit. Towards the end, before I started going to jail, I guess it was then the 2017. My Xanax addiction was so fucking bad. Yeah. So bad. Like, I didn't even know half the things I was doing. Um, I, I, I didn't. I'd get up, uh, you know, snort my Xanax, and if I had heroin, I would do that. 
um, and go out for my go out on my day. Yeah. Take pictures of myself looking like a fucking straight, look like a mess, a mess, a straight junkie. I might have had nice clothes on. I might have had my hair done. I might have makeup on, mm-hmm. but I was a hot fucking mess. Thank God I didn't meet you when I was getting high. You know what? There's reasons why yeah. we didn't meet or cross each other's paths, and we should have. We should have crossed each other's paths, but we didn't. Yeah. And um. There's reasons why, um, and maybe why now is to help each other, to help each other on our journey. I know that I wouldn't be doing as well as I am without you, 100%, because you make me want to wake up to a great day to, even if we're sitting here, you're doing your work, I'm doing whatever. Michael had gotten me, um, we went to Hibachi for our birthday, and then big mistake took me into uh, the dollar store, <laughs> and I got, um, you know, a bunch of, like, things to paint and stuff like that, because I really like to do it with these little wood sculptures, and we have rocks here that we paint and stuff like that when I'm in the mood, um, and I even learned, like, how to paint on canvas, and, you know, I'm not great or anything like that, but it is, um... It's very, very relaxing. Yeah. You know, it is. Good. Listen, you need hobbies, stuff like that. I try to turn every hobby into a business, you know? Like, even getting these uh, wood frames, I'm like, oh, we can uh, paint them, make custom frames. But sometimes it's good just to, you know, do your hobbies and, Mm -hmm. you know, not just always always about money. Sometimes that's too much where my mind is focused on money. Yeah. Um, But I catch it, um, you know. I like working better for, for my passion than for, for a paycheck, you know? Yeah, you're Get right. more out of it. But, um, baby, we were, I, I mean, I, I cut my story down a, a whole hell of a lot. And, you did. You know, I think we're going o- over the hour here for everybody. So, I don't know if we're going to, what the fuck we're going to do if we want to uh, do your story next episode or... I that's mean, what I think. What should we, we do? We're gonna wait till the next episode. Yeah, that's what you wanna do? Yeah, we're You're gonna going keep everybody to... waiting? You already know. Oh my god. And the way we've been with the episode, they might have to wait three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um no, we're gonna we're trying to get um So here it is everybody. Here's the here's the uh I wanna know right now, Veronica, when are we gonna do the next episode? Episode six where they can hear your story. Okay. Um well, I have doctor appointments, so um, we'll shoot for next week. We'll shoot. We'll shoot for next Friday, which would be what the twenty first, I believe. Something like that. Yeah, um, that's what we'll shoot for. All right, we'll try to get we'll try to get the next episode in a week. I'm gonna put this episode out today, tonight, and um, man, I'm grateful that we got to at least get this episode done. What did I say? Next Friday is the twenty first. Yeah, I'm it, so silly. Next it's Friday the 28th. Is. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to... Hopefully... Let's just get this episode out. Yes, let's and get it. Let's get this episode out. We're going to have episode 6 for you next week. With Veronica telling her story. And listen, I hope I connected with some of you guys. You know, I didn't go that deep. Because listen, we don't... It's just an hour podcast. You know, we try to keep it to around an hour. And um... You know, I could sit here all night talking about, you know, the depths I went to for my my addictions. But the point is that I found recovery and you can find recovery, too. You just got to reach out. You got to reach out to somebody. And we have a lot of resources. A lot of resources. Yeah. So um, comment. It's in the comment section. Either in the comment section or the description of the video. Is the link to all our resources, baby. Yeah. Um, also, hey, I also offer a free coaching session. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen, we want to connect with you guys. So message us. You know, tell us what you want to hear about. And next week, Veronica is going to be telling her story. Yeah, tell us where you're from. We would love to hear where you're from. Yeah, we want to know where you're listening from. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, where you're listening. Um, because we're hoping we're getting all of the United States. Yeah, we are. We got some international listeners. Yeah, we do. I, I, listen, I check the analytics on our podcast because <laughs> I want to see who's listening, how many views we get, this, that, yeah. listens. 
And uh, we got people from the UK and Germany. Yeah. UK, Germany, America, and I think Canada. Analytics? I can't even A- say it. Yeah, the analytics. <laughs> it tells you, you know, how many Forget people I know view the videos. Yeah. Because yeah. um, listen, I want to see, who, you know, who's listening, who's supporting us, because we need the support too, you know? So, listen, we love you guys. Um... I guess that's about a wrap, right, sweetheart? Yeah, that's a Anything wrap. else you want to say? Um, I just want to say, you know, thank you for listening. Um, we will be back. And uh, this concludes episode five of Sober Success Podcast. We love you all. Love you all. Have a great night, everybody. Have a great night. Stay safe. Stay blessed. Let's get it, baby. Let's get it, baby. You know, we really love hearing from all our fans, all our supporters, everybody. You know, and you can also message us a topic. Let us know what you want to hear about. Um, and don't forget, we can't do this without you guys. You know, um, we put a lot into this podcast. We do the, the, you know, the hosting, the editing, the producing. We do it all. And, um... You know, we do it with your help. So if you would like to support our podcast monetarily, or if you would just like to support us with a with a quick message, we'd love to hear from you. So the link is in the description. We love all you guys, and uh, we love your support. Let's get it, baby. <laughs>